so at these in-person services, we're going to be looking at the I am statements of Jesus from the Gospel of John. There are seven of them, things like I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the true vine, and so on. Hopefully, we're going to get a chance to tackle them all at some point over the next few weeks, as I say, as long as we're allowed to keep meeting in this way. Now, the I am statements, they might be completely new to you, or you might be very, very familiar with them. But either way, I am convinced that They are crucial for you and for me to get to grips with over the next few weeks in this current season that we're in. You know, God's word is always true. It's always good for you. But there are times when certain parts of it just seem especially well-timed. And I really believe God has some key things to say to us through these, these I am statements in the midst of this pandemic that we're in. You see, the only way that you can thrive or perhaps even survive in this challenging season is to look to Jesus. In this season of turmoil, it's more more important than it ever has been for you to know exactly where your hope lies and why. And through his I am statements, Jesus reveals to us what he's like, who he is, and why he is the only true source of our hope. These statements are invitations from him to, for, for us to get to know him more and to trust him more. And that's his desire for each one of us in this weird season of life that we're in. He wants us to come through to the other side with a deeper trust in him, knowing him more, putting all of our faith in him alone. Thank you. That's it. That's just modeling it there, guys. That's what we're after. Great. <laughs> So the passage we're reading this afternoon is John 10, verses 1 to 30. We're going to skip out a few verses along the way just because it's quite a long passage. So the the words will appear on the screen behind me, hopefully. Truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. 
No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my father. Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered round him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus said to them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. It's the word of God. In every sentence of I am, in every part of the sentence, I am the good shepherd, Jesus is making a huge claim to people that are listening. He's claiming to be the one true God. It's no accident that he begins his description of himself with I am. In the Old Testament, in uh, in Exodus, Moses asked God what his name was and he responded, I am. From that point on, God's name, I am, or in Hebrew, Yahweh, was a reminder for his people, that he was their God and they were his chosen people. And that's now true for us as believers in Jesus. We live in worrying times, but Jesus wants you to be absolutely clear that he is in control because he is the all-powerful, eternal God. He's seen empires rise and fall. He existed before the beginning of time itself. And yet Jesus says that if you've put your faith in him, you get to call this God who rules over the entire universe, you get to call him your God. And I get to call him my God. He will always be with us in good times and in the trials of this current season and in eternity to come with him. The rest of Jesus' statement, I am the good shepherd, takes that same claim even further. His, his Jewish listeners would have known that God, through his prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, had compared himself to a shepherd, lovingly tending to his flock. So when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he's establishing his credentials as God. I hope that brings you confidence this morning. Just a reminder of who he is. He is the God who is in control of all things. He is the one true God above everything. But in this passage, Jesus doesn't just tell us who he is. He also tells us who we are. There you go. We are sheep. Thank you, Guy. You know, I really feel like God wants to drive this point home to each one of us today, you are a sheep. Now, of course, the Bible Bible talks about God um, appointing leaders um, and he kind of calls them shepherds. They're little shepherds underneath the great shepherd, Jesus. And you might be a leader in one form or another. Um, So you might think of yourself as a bit of a shepherd. You might be leading a small group or a ministry area, or you might be a leader in your workplace, or you might be leading your family. And that's all great. That's all good and right. But 
In the busyness of leading, we must never lose sight of the fact that we are first and foremost sheep. I think it's so important to be reminded of this that a few months ago, I wrote myself a note from my desk at home. It's been there ever since. So, genuinely, that's been there for months. Um, So why is it so important to remember that we are sheep? Well, when we forget, we forget what great news it is to belong to the Good Shepherd, Jesus. We forget our identity in him. And we forget the benefits that are ours when we belong to him. So we're going to look at what our shepherd is like and why it's amazing news to be his sheep. Now, just before we go any further, let's just look at what he's not like, okay? Um, If you're like me and you think of a shepherd, you probably think of this kind of one man and his dog, stern farmer in the middle of the field kind of thing, whistling to his dog uh, to to go and herd the sheep on his behalf. This, This picture is nothing like what Jesus is like as a shepherd, okay? So I just need you to throw this image away just right now before we start. And here's why, because our shepherd speaks to his sheep. Look at verse three. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name. And again in verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. It's like a refrain that just comes back again and again through that passage we read. And in the image I showed, the shepherd, he has no relationship with his sheep. He only has a relationship with his sheepdog. You know, it goes and herds the sheep on his behalf. But, but Jesus has a direct, personal relationship with his sheep. That's you, if you are his follower. This was and still is the way that um, people tend to shepherd sheep in the Near East, by the way. Um, the shepherd will play a particular tune on a pipe that only his sheep recognize. Or he'll speak, he'll do a certain call, and he'll rely on his voice to get his sheep to follow him and to separate it from other herds. And Jesus calls his sheep by name individually and personally. Isaiah 43 verse one tells us that when God calls you by name, it means you belong to him. You are his. And just look at this for a set of promises. If you're his sheep, he is speaking to you. Not just he spoke to you once, but he goes on speaking. It's present tense for a reason. And the second part of the promise is that when he speaks, you will hear him. It's not that he might speak to you, and if you're a special sort of Christian, maybe you'll hear him. No, no. He is speaking to you. I believe he's speaking to you today. The question is, are you listening to him? Are you making space to hear him? Or are you just crowding out his voice, which is surely there, by the way, Are you crowding it out with other noises? It's really easy to do, isn't it? We get kind of crowded out with things like the news or uh, just stress from work or busy family lives, always being on the go, whatever it is. And there's an opportunity for you this afternoon just to slow down and just quiet yourself before God and hear the shepherd speaking to you. And I want to encourage you to determine that you are going to make space, not just today, but over the next 
few weeks and months to continue to hear him. So important that we hear his voice. So important that we keep that direct communication open with our shepherd. Secondly, our shepherd invites us into an intimate relationship with him. This is uh, verse 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and they know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I and the Father are one. This is a mind-blowing kind of promise. It is absolutely astonishing that the, the, for all of eternity, the Father and the Son have existed in this relationship of perfect intimacy. It is the deepest, most loving, closest relationship that you could possibly imagine. And that is the same level of relationship that Jesus is seeking with his sheep, he says in this passage. Maybe you've not felt close to God lately. Well, here's a promise for you this afternoon. He's drawn close to you and he is inviting you into a deeper knowledge of him, a more alive relationship with him. That's the thing you need more than anything else. You need that relationship with him. And you might want to think of ways that you can cultivate that relationship in your life. The so-called spiritual disciplines, reading the Bible, praying, fasting, singing to him in your own home like we were hearing about uh, Dan and Dara speaking about this morning on the live stream, getting together with other believers regularly, even if that's online. These aren't dead legalistic items for your to-do list. They are gifts of grace to help you respond to Jesus' invitation to come into this deeper relationship with him. Amen? Thirdly, our relationship, uh, sorry, thirdly, our shepherd died for his sheep. In the passage we read, it's surely impossible to miss the love that Jesus has for his people. He's so committed to the well-being of his sheep. When predators come along sneaking to just snatch a vulnerable lamb, Jesus stands in the way. Other shepherds might be happy just to sacrifice the odd lamb or two to make sure that the rest of the flock are okay and maybe the, the predator's appetite is, is kind of, um, you know, go, goes away, that, that the predator stops attacking. But not Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus stands in the way. As he says in verse 11, he, he lays down his own life for the sheep. And this is what he's done for you and for me. After he spoke these words in John 10, Jesus went and fulfilled them. He was crucified so that the enemy could not lay a finger on you. And he was resurrected so that you could have eternal life. If you belong to him, you don't have to fear anything, even death itself. I don't think I've ever known a time in my life where the fear of death was just such a dominant part of everyday life. We tune into the news briefing every day to see how many people COVID-19 has killed. We uh, watch as our governments do what little they can to protect against the threat. But even if we eradicated coronavirus, the death rate among human beings is 100%. It's never changed. Even a vaccine against COVID can only buy you a few more years at most. The only one who can solve 
indeed has solved the fundamental problem of death that all of us face or will face at some point is Jesus. And that good news, he has done it, folks. In verse 28, Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. If you don't know for sure that you have that eternal life, Jesus is offering it to you today. Please, please don't leave here without speaking to me or speaking with somebody that you came with about that. And if you are one of his sheep, if you know that you are one of his sheep, Thank him again for the love that he has for you, that he was willing to die for you so that you would have life forever. If you find yourself doubting God's goodness today or his heart toward you, remember the ultimate act of love that he has done for you. The fourth thing Jesus says to us is that our shepherd leads his flock. In verses three and four, Jesus says he leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Remember that image I showed you of the farmer and his sheepdog? That kind of shepherd stands at the back, barking orders, just a bit like a a general behind the lines, moving his pawns where he wants them for his, his own aims. But Jesus shepherds very differently. He leads out. He goes ahead of us. He finds the path that we should take. He's not driving us from behind. And it isn't up to us to chart our own course. Jesus leads and we follow. That is such a freeing truth for you to hear today. Jesus leads, you follow. And in leading us, he's taking us out of the sheep pen and on an adventure with him. It's a really important part of how Jesus takes care of you. He doesn't just bring us in to the safety of the walled sheep pen. It's not a static picture like that. Instead, he leads us out. You wouldn't think that would be very good shepherding with lots of danger around, would you? But Jesus knows that the safest place we can be is not hunkering down, just waiting for circumstances to improve, but sticking close to him and going where he goes. These times are uncertain, but we can take comfort that Jesus goes ahead of us. And that's true for you individually, and that is true for us as a church. We don't need to be fearfully shuffling our way forward. We can confidently keep our eyes on the shepherd and follow him. Don't let coronavirus or anything else make you take your eyes off the shepherd and where he's leading you. That leads me on to my last point. Our shepherd invites us to follow him on his mission. In verse 16, he says, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus isn't just leading us aimlessly. He is on a mission to advance his kingdom and call us into, and call others rather, into his flock. When he originally spoke these words to his Jewish audience, he was probably talking about calling those outside of the Jewish fold, so the Gentiles, into the flock of God. But his mission to call those outside of the current family of God continues today, and it continues despite the pandemic and everything else. He's inviting us to follow him, 
as he gathers in others who don't yet know him, probably people we might not even expect. You know, since we last met in person on a Sunday in church six months ago, Jesus has been using individuals from King's Church to lead other people to Christ. Whether it's been through chance meetings in the park or alpha courses or pod courses, Jesus' mission isn't on pause. He's asking us to go where he goes and take part in that mission to call people into the flock of Jesus. So because Jesus is our good shepherd, you can be confident that he's speaking to you, that he wants to know you intimately, that he loves you so much that he died for you, that you are now secure and free from death, that he goes before us, that he leads us, and that he calls us into his mission to gather more sheep into his flock. Maybe the band could join me on stage again. I started by saying that when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, he was alluding to an Old Testament picture of God as shepherd. And we can be sure that he had a psalm in mind when he did that. It's Psalm 23. You may know it. And it shows us even more of what it means for each one of us, for you, to be a sheep belonging to the good shepherd. I'd love it if we could stand together. And what we're going to do is we're going to read this psalm out loud together. It's going to come up on the screen. And as we do that, I want you to really claim these words as your own. I think there's a really powerful thing when we speak the words of Scripture out loud, particularly together like this. And I believe God is going to give you faith as we do it. That these promises, they are true for you. So let's read it together. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Why don't you just close your eyes? just where you are. You might want to start thanking God in your heart for these words, that they are true for you, that you can confidently claim these promises for yourself because he is your God, because he is your shepherd. There's lots of different ways that we might want to respond to God now. But we're going we're to just invite Dan to sing over us. I just want you to have your heart open to God. I want you just to listen to what he's saying. And then I'll hop back up after we've sung this song or after Dan's sung this song. And 
we're gonna continue to respond to God. You can sit, you can stand, you can kneel. You might wanna put your hands out in front of you just as a physical way to invite God in as Dan sings this song. But let's, let's come before God now. He's here. He wants to minister to you. He wants to speak to you. Let's not miss out on a, a moment with Him right now.